Welcome to episode 27 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet, but mostly woke perspective. So subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, and of course, family, now we are on Spotify. So I'm Sean. I'm Nah. What up, y'all? Yep. So now, what do we call this episode? I guess we decided to call it Go Team Hennessy. Go Team Hennessy. <laughs> I, I have an affinity to both. I like Go Team and I like Hennessy, so, you know. You do, you do. Um, I go for the Hennessy, not so much for the Go Team. But um, anyway, in, anyways. Um, all right, so getting right into the Ratchet Minute. So got to talk about Suge Knight's son, dropping bombs and claims that Tupac is alive and living in Man- Malaysia, which is probably why my IG is being flooded with all them bundles for sale. <laughs> 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 he out there pushing bundles. But um, so yeah, so anyway, he says that there is a secret society, Illuminati, they're trying to silence him for revealing the truth. So supposedly he has all these pictures. Have you seen the video? So it's a guy that kind of looks like Pac. Um, oh, I- with 50 Cent. <laughs> You know, I saw I saw a video, um, and it was kind of it was kind of murky. And he does look like Tupac, but the from what I could see, the bone structure, I think, in the jaw was a little different. Um, mm. so I mean, he favored just like the guy who um, who played Tupac in the Tupac movie. He favored him. You can tell it's not him. Yeah, you could tell. Well, I you know I think the guy that played him in the movie, I didn't think looked like him at at all. Really, I mean, maybe they could be cousins but they you know didn't look like but the guy in the video that i saw looked like tupac to me so yeah. i mean i have it's not you know, I, like i think they favor him but they, they don't look like they don't i wouldn't see him and be like is that tupac i would look at him and say he looks like tupac but. yeah so i mean i have mixed i have a mixed feeling about it because you know of of course i was i was always a tupac fan and i think the two reasons why I would tend to believe that Pac is still alive, and y'all call me a conspiracy theorist because I am, but um, it was remember that picture that they had circulating when around the time that he died, and it was supposedly his autopsy photo, and then they said that that was a fake, mm-hmm. but it looked really, it looked really real, you know. Mm-hmm. And they did the Y cut. I, that was one, um, and then you know the the whole what's it Don Caluminati the seven day theory, which if you remember was. Pac's album that came out like seven days after he died. Do you remember that? And it was based on Machiavelli, who was, you know, a strategist back in, I think he was like an Italian, you know, whatever. But one of the one of the strategies that this guy used when he was talking about war was faking his own death. Um, and that using deception to get over on your enemies. So I mean, those are, you know, it's a tenuous lake, but I always think about that when, you know. This man, you know, Tupac named an album after someone who was talking about this is how you do it. If you're trying to get, a, you know, get away from your enemies, you fake your death. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think <clears throat> I mean, I think it is <clears throat> it's it's possible that he faked his death because of, um, you know, with his his mother's involved with involvement involvement with the Panthers. And you know, a lot of them, you know, went to other countries. Um, Fanny Shakur, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that I mean, they. 
it, it is possible. Is it true? I don't know. But I mean, it, it is. It, it it could have happened. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You probably out there getting getting all that good hair, sending it over here. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. When Pac would be 47 years old. Yeah. He um. So a few years ago, well, a long time ago, more than a few years, maybe like 10, 15 years ago, when I lived in Atlanta, his mother used to have like this nonprofit where it focused on um like the arts and entertainment for kids. And so I had my niece and nephew in that summer program, and they had a a statue of Tupac. Girl, this was the sexiest statue I've ever seen in my life. Who created the statue? I used to just stare at like, God. For real? What was it made out of? Girl, I don't know. I don't, but metal, some sort of metal or something. I don't know. Stone, (laughs) not stone, but it was like a metal kind of thing. I don't know, but whoever did it, did a a, a great job. It just, girl, it was sexy. Mm. Love it. Okay. All right, moving on, what you got? Uh, girl, so <clears throat> excuse me. So um, I don't know if you guys heard about this. Uh, Beth Miller, she tweeted. Sometimes Twitter should be taken away from people because they just don't know what to say. So Beth Miller claimed that women are the niggas of the world. <laughs> the seventy-year-old actress. What about the nigg- What are the niggas then? Uh, the seventy-year-old actress the quoted the title of John Lennon and Yoko Ono's nineteen seventy-two song and announced. Now deleted tweet. Women are the N-word of the world. Raped, beaten, enslaved, married off, worked like dumb animals, denied education and inheritance, enduring the pain and danger of childbirth and life in silence for thousands of years. They are the most disrespected creatures on earth. She typed this on October the 4th, 2018, on her Twitter. Bette Mm, So are the niggas of the world. <laughs> you know, it's just leave it to white folk to just totally take us out of our own experience and then just try to, and then take over the experience. You they, know what I'm saying? Like They do it all the time, especially with this whole Me Too movement. And I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They had some sort of walkout for Me Too. And I just really wasn't into it at all because the whole Me Too movement was started by a black woman. And now is taking on a whole other light and has excluded us in, in this whole movement. So that's yeah, how you this follow whole, mm-hmm. this whole feminist thing that, that um, this whole feminist movement, I just, I'm just not a part of it. And it just, it also goes back to um, the whole suffrage movement where um, what was an Anthony, Susan B. Anthony, she was, she was the leader of the whole suffrage movement, but she was right. so racist. And, you know, they, they, I guess a couple of years ago when they were um, celebrating women have been voting for a hundred years or however long women were voting, it wasn't all women, it was white women. So we, right. never, we weren't a part of, we were used in the suffrage movement for for the labor and the work, just like this whole feminist movement reused for the labor and the work. But when it comes to the actual results and um, the equality, we don't get it. Right. So I, I just, I'm just, I'm not a part of it. You know, one of my friends, there's this whole work term called I'm a womanist. And with that is I'm a, I'm a black woman who is fighting for black women's rights. So. Oh, okay. I, I, I am interested. I, I just, you know, I think this is just goes back to this. This is the, the, the clueless white women, you know, this is a, it's a, it's a clueless white woman's um, statement 
And this is, you know, this is what they do. This is what they do. And I think you made such a good point. I think last um, episode when we were talking, you said, you know, when, when is there going to come a time when white women see that, you know, even their men are not on their side, even, well, the, even their men. We just, we just saw this when we had the whole uh, Kavanaugh trial, well, not trial, but the whole, mm-hmm. whatever that was. Uh, um, Circus. Yeah, it was a circus. You know, she had this this white woman who, you know, supposedly is on his pedestal telling you how this man almost fucking raped her and you don't believe her. You know, or 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 believed it enough, but it didn't. Obviously, it didn't make an impact. For him, they don't care. They have gone nomination for me is saying we don't believe you or we don't care. Yeah. I think that was the biggest message out of that. They, even if she was to be believed, it, it really didn't make a a dent of a difference Parents, at all. Wasting folks' time, y'all wasted. We all sitting around. I'm at the office. We all well. They, I sat around for a, a little bit of it, but they all day long sitting around. You know, listening to the um, the questioning of him, and then the, first the question mm-hmm. her, and then him, and he gets up here and he acts like a spoiled child. You saw that had a temper tantrum. It was more. It was just ridiculous watching this grown man up here act like a, a spoiled child. But this is so. But that's but that's so real. You see that it didn't matter his demeanor. He lost his temper. And I know we were talking about bet, but this just goes. It's it's a nice segue into into the BS. He lost his temper. He was he was a he was like an animal. And look though. Yeah, he, he looked like a ferocious little animal. And he just kept talking. But every time they asked him a specific question, he just went back and talked about all his accomplishments. I guess whatever whatever Ivy League school he went to. And he, you know, he accomplished this and he accomplished that. And I'm like, you know, you can do that and still be a rapist. You can go to school right. and still be a rapist. You can graduate uh, cum laude and still be a rapist. You can be nominated to the Supreme Court and still be a rapist. Mm-hmm. You can do all that. It's like a, it's not mutually exclusive. Mm. Anyway, he got you know he got nominated, so he's I guess he's on the Supreme Court now, right? Yep, he is. I know it's gonna happen too, unfortunately. But when they when we sat out and just watched the whole thing, I knew in the end this is what would happen. You know, they did the whole farce of a circus, and mm. oh, we're gonna do this FBI investigation. Never, never interviewing the actual people that needed to be invested to right. be interviewed. Because so, really, I'm 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 you know if. <clears throat> if you really investigate him, I'm pretty sure you're going to actually find women who he did rape. Right. I agree. And I, and I agree with that. I mean, I mean, it was so many of his boys, like people that knew him, knew him, like, come on now, you know, you was up there. Mm-hmm. not telling the truth. Right. Ooh, it just, it, it, it turns my stomach. Yeah. Anyway, I know. I like how we took ratchet and just made it woke, but it's all good. Yeah. Here we go. So she, she, um, she kind of backpedaled on it, um, on this statement and she, mm-hmm. She tweeted again, the too brief investigation of allegations against Kavanaugh infuriated me. Angrily, I tweeted without thinking my choice of words would be enraging to black women who doubly. Of course, course you didn't think. Both by being women and by being black. I am an ally and I stand with you. Always have. And I apologize. Yeah. Would you say black? So that must make black women super niggas. Girl, I'm like, white women are the niggas of the world. What does that make? What does that make the real niggas? Like, we need a whole new term now for us. (laughs) You didn't cook over the word nigga. Y'all take everything. Now y'all taking the word nigga. (laughs) He said super (laughs) niggas. 
Now y'all taking the word nigga. We can't have shit. Oh, the world we live in. All right, okay, moving on. Are we are we in the woke minute? Well, I think we already been in the woke minute, but go ahead. Sure have so, but I can (laughs) let me put on my pantsuit and my um my specs. The kitten heels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit! (laughs) Take off these thongs. Put on some. Some blue, some bloomers. Take your gold teeth out. Put the Hennessy aside. <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, I wanted to talk about what the CDC basically came out with. Something that you know, I think we already know this, but now it's actually more. So, they're saying that Black women specifically experience extreme racial bias in the healthcare industry. Did we know this, or did we know this? So, um. I think it was kind of brought to light again in light of Serena during childbirth. You know, she went through, um, you know, some uh, child uh, childbirth. Um, she had some complications and it ended up being, I think, a hematoma that had traveled to her abdomen. But her story was just so harrowing because she talked about, um, you know, having to go from pretty much doctor to doctor and saying, I think something is wrong. And, you know, it wasn't until she, you know, was had to really advocate for herself and that, you know, her sound like her life was saved. Like it was, it was that serious. So, um, the CD said that black women, specifically black mothers die at a rate of three to four times the rate of white mothers. 22% are more likely to die from heart disease than white women. 71% are more likely to die from cervical cancer than white women. And get this, 243% of black women are more likely to die from pregnancy and childbirth than white women. And what they're saying is the sad part of this is that most most of these deaths can are, are completely preventable. Um, you know, even it go- talks about that just in pain medicine, that white women are, you know, p- about 50% more likely to get pain meds in, uh, you know, as, as treatment than black women. So um, one of the things that this study, I think, glaringly points to is that healthcare professionals, um, you know, they really tune out the concerns of black women which can inevitably lead to death. So, um, you know, rather than looking at these women who are coming in um, with these complaints and, you know, uh, they looking, uh, they're looking at these women as drug seekers, you know, they exaggerate the pain. You know, I even, you know, to share my personal story, if you remember when I went through, what ended up, I had to have a, a partial colectomy. I had an ileostomy. I had a, a takedown. And all, you know, I just remember going through that. Do you remember this? This was like maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what started off was I went to the emergency room four times in three weeks. I was there every, pretty much every six, six days. And, you know, I had doctors tell me, go to your gynecologist because I'm, I'm having stomach pains and couldn't explain it. What was going on? You know, it's, it's not a, it's not a stomach issue. I've, I had, they gave me pain meds and well, you know, sent me home with pain meds. Then they told me, you know, go see your, your gyno. My, you know, my gynecologist is like, this is not, this is not an issue. You need to go back and tell them, you know, about this pain. It got so bad. I went through 30 days of the worst pain imaginable. And, you know, finally went to a different hospital and I went to shout out to, um, Ooh, girl, I can't remember the name of the hospitals in Towson. Um, 
but it was a Catholic hospital. And I remember the doctor, very kind. He's like, I don't know what's wrong with you because the pain was so bad. But he said, we're just, you know, we have to explore, do exploratory surgery. And thank God he did, because I was hours away from dying. Basically, wow. my um, my intestines had knotted up so bad, they, they had died. I had to have seven feet of my intestines removed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just remember going through this ordeal and talking to, you know, after they you talk to the doctor, they send in the nurse and, you know, I'm explaining, I have so much pain mm-hmm. and no one heard me. Like I said, it wasn't until I went to a different hospital with a different doctor who was brave enough to say, I don't know what it is, but I'm not going to send you home. And we, we just have to explore and see what it is. Thank God for him mm-hmm. because I could have died. So um, this is very real. What do you, what do you think about this? You know, this is, this is like, Sometimes when you when you read um, articles about um, some of these these um, surveys or whatever they do, and they, I'm like, y'all wasted money on this because I could have told you that. So this is like one of those yeah. uh, things where I we know that you know black women's needs are not um, are not being met in the healthcare industry because you know I don't know if you're familiar with this doctor called well, the, the the father of gynecology uh, James Marion Sims. Yeah. Yeah. So back in, you know, back in his day when he was um, practicing, he used to practice on experimenter. Uh, He's experimented. He was experimenting on on enslaved black women. So yes. he, he would perform hysterectomies. He would, you know, perform surgeries with no kind of anesthesia. And this just goes to show they they, they don't think that black people uh, have pain or our pain is not as extensive as right people. exactly you know so it's like it's one of these things where it's like we already know this you know mm-hmm. we already know it this is true um, but i think it was important to quantify it and mm-hmm. you know put it into numbers yes we do know it i like i said i've experienced it personally so, but to actually see it. And then, you know, I mean, it comes down to politics too, because one of the platforms, you know, Trump's platform was that, you know, American Healthcare Act, which basically is meant to get rid of Obamacare, which as we know, you know, was, if you look at the, the numbers of those that are insured, you know, especially black people, mm-hmm. you know, that, that helped um, a lot, you know, in terms of, of getting the healthcare. So now, you know, they're trying to roll this back. So who is going to be affected? You know, it's, it's going to be people of, of color, okay. um, you yeah. know, and that's that was that's Trump's platform. So I was looking at that as well. So this and, is, people, and people of uh, certain economic, um, you know, class as well. Yeah, of course. People who don't vote Republican. Well, people well, of color who don't of, vote a lot Republican. Of who, who are voting against their own interests. A lot of these people in these um, these red right. who are voting Republican. But, you know, you're voting against your own you know, your own needs. Mm-hmm. The, the, ba- the bamboozled poor white people. Girl, yep. Mm-hmm. Y'all are niggas too. Yep. <laughs> let let Bet tell it. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know it's, it's a race thing, but it's also a class thing as well. Yeah, agreed. Okay. Thank you, we. All right, do we have something a little more? Yeah, on a light Pick me up Yeah, so I came across this article uh uh, several weeks ago about 21 Savage. Um, he's teaching financial literacy to kids. Um, so he's Love it. with a program called Give School. And um, his name, you know, I didn't really know what his real name was. I don't even know. Shia Ben Abraham Joseph. 
the 21 Savage, otherwise known as Shia Ben Abraham Joseph. That's a long Yeah, name. I heard I was I was related to him some way, somehow. Yeah. He's using his platform to spread what he's learned the hard way. Um, earlier this year, he launched the 21 Savage bank account campaign, donating $21,000 to help 21 teens start bank accounts and learn financial literacy. Love it. Yep, he's mm -hmm. quoted as saying, now that I do have money in my bank account, I want to help kids with a background similar to mine to get smart about their money, uh, the rapper said in a statement. Mm. So, 21 Savage's charitable mission is a reflection of his own experience. Um, the, adults, the adults in his life didn't talk to him about personal finance, which I find that is really common in Black households. Um, they don't teach you how to save money or how, well, uh, how to save money or manage your money in school. Um, and he didn't know anything about a bank account until he was 21. Damn. How how old is he now? <laughs> how old is 21? 25. He's probably like his mid-20s. He's not he's not an old guy at all. He's definitely not out of his 30s. So um so I think this is a this is this is excellent. This is awesome. This is a program that I think um should be in the school systems because you know, honestly, even, you know, growing up, I, I grew up in a middle class home. We really didn't talk about money either. And so a lot of this, the stuff that I've learned and I'm still learning is by talking to people, reading books, watching different television programs. But, you know, we just we just don't talk about it. You this know? is very true. You know, I just I think back to my college days and I as a matter of fact, you know, when I between before I actually got to college, you know, I, you know how they give you like all this credit. I got an American Express card. I had my Victoria's Secret, like all of this credit. And I didn't understand and know what to do with it. You know, like, I mean, had I known then this was, you know, years ago, it's just like, they just threw it at you. Yeah. And you don't know. Um, so this is, this is great. Cause I wish I had to, and this is, you know, I try to instill it in my son, you know, he has a, a, a car, you know, an ATM card and just trying to teach financial responsibility. Cause it's, I mean, definitely not something that I, you know, I learned, I had to, I learned the hard way, you know, and when I'm still, I still kind of learn some hard lessons now, but you know, I do have, um, I don't have as many credit cards as I used to have, but I do have uh, one regular credit card, which I don't use, but I also have one that's tied to, it's like an airline. So when yeah. you, so there, there are good the ways perks of it, right. You know, credit cards where, you know, you, um, if you, if you purchase different things and you get points towards, you know, towards flights, which is something that, you know, using in a good way, you know, but yeah, like you said, back in college, girl, I had so many credit cards. I remember one credit card. I can't remember nothing I bought on this credit card except the very, I had uh, $100 left on this credit card. I bought a pair of Tim's. I will never forget that. <laughs> I like, checked my account. I was like, oh, I can buy these Tim's. And I bought <laughs> That's the only thing I remember buying on this credit card. <laughs> Girl, I used to have Victoria's Secret, Limited, Express, you know, like, oh my goodness. Isn't it so crazy how um, how these colleges will allow these credit card companies to come and kind of set up shop in their student center? What That's how it was in Morgan State. Girl, that's how it was at Rutgers. The, the whole floor would be nothing but credit card companies. I mean, I just, mm -hmm. you know, setting us up. So when, when we graduate, we have credit card debt and we have school debt. We just, yep. the minute we step out of this campus. This is great though. I, I applaud 21 talking about he want, he like hot sauce on his chicken. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. All right. Anyway. One. 
are we at like one of my most favorite segments of the show? Yes, he is. Oh my God. I used to be scared <laughs> of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, this, this. Not no more, bitch. <laughs> this weekend that report is really interesting. Okay. <laughs> so. Bring it on. All right. Ready. So this little nugget popped up in my uh, inbox the other day. We're in our inbox. Mm -hmm. um, so one of our listeners has been with her guy for a while, blah, 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 blah. They mm -hmm. are they're pretty adventurous sexually. He keeps her satisfied. He opens her up to a lot of things that she hadn't done before. He makes mm -hmm. her feel comfortable, makes her feel free. Um, but one thing that he is like really insistent on doing is having, he likes to have sex while she's menstruating. I she tried it and she absolutely hates okay. it. Everything about it just completely grosses her out, but he's very insistent on it. You know, so she's like, What do I what? Do? Do um I, do I you know do I cave in and just do it or am I just staying her ground just like I just I can't I have limits and this is my limit. So so this is this, so, this is okay. like I mean, you know, some people like going to the Valentine's Day massacre. <laughs> Just to me, I don't, I don't know how other women feel when they're on that. It's that time in the month, but honestly, I feel disgusting. And it's it's been a couple times where by accident I may have had sex on my period, and I'm just like, we gotta stop because this is gross. Um, or there has been a, other times where. I haven't actually been on my period, but it's about to come. It's like maybe a yeah, day. and that'll bring it right. That'll bring it right on down. That'll bring it right down. And even then, I'm just like, it, it's just something about it, and it's just I, I, I'm just grossed out about it, honestly. But I, I guess from a, a male, uh, a, a male's point of view, you know, <laughs> it just it adds extra lubrication down there. So I can understand why <laughs> he wouldn't mind. But the whole thought of you know, putting a towel down and being messy and it's gross to me. It is completely gross to me. I just can't do it. I, Girl, can't. I don't. I, I, okay, so let me just let me just tell a story. So it's gonna gross you out, but I have to tell it. So I have a friend who told me one time she was having you know having relations with her guy and he was going down on her. That's happened to me before. And <laughs> he. So when he came up, you know, he was he used to be prone to nosebleeds. So when he came up, she's like, Oh my God, you're you're bleeding from your nose. But it wasn't. She was oh. on her period. She had got her period oh, while wow. he was eating her out. So mm. I was like, Wow, that that takes a special relationship. I, I mean, it doesn't it I do I prefer, like, no, but you know, I think the 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 you know, biologically you know, like orgasms during your, during your menstrual cycle, it it, you know, it alleviates the cramps. So it, it, that, it kind of makes sense in that. I mean, if you're, you know, independent on how you feel with your partner, you might just be like, throw that towel down. We, you know, let's go, let's, let's go for it. Yeah. I don't really think it's, you know, it's, do I prefer it? Like, no, of course not. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you get the feeling you want it, you want to jump it off and it might be at the very end or might be about to start. If it's about to start, that will bring it down. Or, you know, at the very end, you know, it might, it, it'll, you'll, you'll definitely see some remnants. Not disgusting, but not something I prefer. I'm not down with it at all. You know, it's, 
if if by mistake it happens, like you know, but not intentionally, because you know, actually, blood has a certain metallic smell. That's this is true. It's that the iron in the blood. Yeah, it's certain smells I just can't take, and that metallic smell is just completely gross to me because I just associate it with my cramps and not feeling. Just feeling gross. I mean, but one thing you know that if you and your partner are, are, are good that left that way, you don't have to wear a condom. He doesn't have to wear a condom. You know, you're not you know you're not getting pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I have to wear a condom smell. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I look, you know look it, it might look like a Valentine's Day bloody massacre. Oh, that's gross. Oh Lord. And he it's a, I mean it's your body, it's, it's a natural process and it's a cleansing process for right. your body. I think it's a beautiful thing to be honest, just the whole process of it, you know, no, I don't feel great. I'm usually feel bloated, but sometimes you need, you know, sometimes you do need it. You fit. It feels good. Even if you on, you no. on, on. I, I mean, I, no, to me, I, I can't even get into it. If, if, if I'm on my period, I can't even mentally get into that space. But don't, you don't feel, you don't feel like a little bit more horny when you're on? No? Masturbate on my period. I won't, I don't want to physically have sex though. Masturbating will, is great for your cramps. I don't want to have sex on my period. I just don't. I just don't. Oh, well, I mean, like I said, I, I, I've been known to go to the Valentine's Day massacre. <laughs> You can go by yourself. <laughs> Actually, I don't. <laughs> All right. But I mean, but the point was she doesn't like it. So you don't like it, you don't do it. You know, he has a fixation with it, sounds like. Yes, yeah, so, and that's and that's the thing. He wants he wants to do it. So what should she do? Yeah, he likes seeing the blood. He probably likes so I think I think to answer her question, what should she do? Okay. So this is what, if you really want to appease him, if he, and you really want to give him what he wants, I think you should set boundaries to it. So maybe, maybe not have sex during the, 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 the heavy flow day. you heavy, like your second, third and fourth day, maybe, you know, have sex towards the end where you just kind of spot and it's not a lot or, you know, or maybe, maybe on that first day where you don't bleed as heavy, you know, it's just starting. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe just put some kind of parameters, uh, some boundaries around it. You know? As you're saying, as I'm watching your face, you're like, I'm not because I'm just thinking about it. I'm just grossed out. But <laughs> for me, I would just be like, no, you can wait. You can wait four or five days to have sex. You can do other things while you know while I'm on my period. We can do other stuff. But um, I. Me you know what that leads to, though. What's the other stuff? You Get down on your knees, girl. Well, I mean, I, you know, you got to do it. To be skin in the dick. Like I said, you know, giving head is not my most favorite thing to do, but I will, I definitely will do it and will do you it. Compensate. Yeah, I do that to my ability, you know. It ain't my favorite, but, you know, a nigga like to get his dick sucked, he got to get his dick sucked. This is true. <laughs> so, anyway all right okay um moving on so hopefully we answered that yeah. to the best of our abilities um all right so moving on <laughs> we're at the reminisce a reminisce a reminisce moment so this is my reminisce so i want to take y'all back to 1988 girl this was hey young world by slick rick so it was 
the third single released from Slick Rick's debut album. Remember The Great Adventures of Slick Rick? Mm-hmm. That was 1988. It was a follow-up to his song Children's Story, which was one of my favorites. So, you know, let me let me just say this. I am I'm a connoisseur of hip-hop. This was, you know, it's, it's definitely an old-school song. But I do remember, and, I, and it carries me to this day, I remember how emotional I used to get listening to this. Because this was a period of time when, remember, it was like the AIDS epidemic and, you know, it, people were scared to, you know, to, you didn't, you really didn't know too much. So you didn't know if it was passed from saliva or passed from this. And this song, and I remember the video, it kind of touched on that because, you know, he was kind of giving some good words to, you know, the boy he said, you know, hey, hey, little boy, now you really, did you go and check yourself? You know, you're disgust, you know, someone that I could trust. You know, it was, it was talking about, what was happening in our communities during that epidemic, you know, whether it was, you know, the crack or it was, um, you know, AIDS coming up, you know, coming around. So it, this was, it was like a warning song. And I just remember like, honestly, I used to get emotional listening to this song, just yeah. watching the video and, and the words, because it was kind of like, you know, uncle slick Rick, you know, telling, Hey, young world, like kind of get a grip, you know, and he was, he was speaking specifically to us, to our generation. You know, you got to You want to make your mother proud. You want to, you know, walk straight, master your high, you know, check yourself, you know, be someone that you could trust, get away from the drugs. So I really, this song really touched me. And that's that. So this is my, that's my reminisce. Yeah, I, I, I love this song. I, I love Slick Rick. Even to this day, Slick Rick is just the flyest thing ever. But yeah, I, I agree. this song was pretty dope. Yeah, um, pretty good. Yeah, definitely, and it was—it's one of those songs that I—I I get a little emotional listening to. So, yes, hey, young world. All right. Well, the world is yours. All right. We are moving on to supporting Black businesses. Um, this is the segment of the show where we highlight a Black business. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities and desire to build awareness and products and services that are made for us by us. So this this week, this spotlight um, is kind of different. So it's not really a tangible kind of um, company that you can actually go and, and buy their products, but it's a website. And it's mm -hmm. called um, I Don't Do Clubs. Dot, well, it used to call be called I don't do clubs.com, but it's I do I don't do clubs.biz. It's a website created by Janice Jamila, and it's a go-to site for young black professionals that want to have a good time outside of the club scene. So they feature things like after work socials. Um, they have this um, this party that kind of travels to different uh, different cities. It's called the Beard Appreciation Events. It's called uh, well, it's called Must Love Beards. So it's kind of like. Uh, mm -hmm. An appreciation to to black beards, black men's beards. Yes. Yeah, I think they have one this weekend in New York. Um, they also do Black Restaurant Week. So each month they feature uh, must-do events in the New York area. And they also feature other cities like Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte, Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, Philly, Raleigh, Durham. Um, and if you if you are a party promoter and you have an event, you can actually um, promote on their website. They have different packages that you can from um, to promote. Their website is called www. Well, the website is www.idontdoclubs.biz, and mm -hmm. the Insta is I don't do clubs. And this is actually a go-to for me for things that are going on yes. in the city. And also, they have an extensive um, list of black restaurants. So, you know, I always try to, you know, um, 
go to black establishments. So I there I have this um, this dinner buddy here in uh, New York, one of my homegirls, and we go to all the black restaurants. So we just kind of like really go down the list and like, well, we've been here, we've been here, but we got to go here. Um, so it gives us you know opportunity to know you know what's going on in the city. You know what black businesses are out there, what restaurants are popping up, um, and just you know supporting us. So. That's good. Yeah, I've definitely I've been to some of the events. The one I've been to some in Charlotte, um, New York and Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So I like very like a like a chill kind of vibe. So I like that. You know, I know you don't like the grown and sexy, but um, I think that's where it started. <laughs> the yeah, this is not really like a typical grown and sexy kind of crowd. It's 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 a it's it's still our kind of it's our demographic and maybe a little bit excuse a little bit younger. Mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely a mature crowd, but it's not a grown and sexy crowd. Okay, I know you don't like that term. No, I don't. I just don't. I don't like it. <laughs> Damn it, I'm not grown and sexy. <laughs> Damn. I, okay. Every time I've been to a party that was grown and sexy, I'm like... Disappointed. Oh, disappointed. Everybody is all overweight and got these Stacey... Damn. I know, I'm being, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's Stacey Adams. Sorry. Got on Stacey Adams and fedoras and these big zoot suits and uh-uh-uh that ain't my crowd oh my goodness Anyways. okay all right so um we are now are we at the end we are at the end we just get here so fast i feel like we you know we talk for a, a hot minute and then it's over i know it goes by so fast oh my goodness all right so we've come to the end you can subscribe to that's what i'm saying the podcast we're an apple podcast app google play iHeartRadio, soundcloud spreaker stitcher cast pod and we are on spotify um you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter where that's what i say three you can visit our website that's what i'm saying podcast.com learn more send us questions and comments and now who do we always shout out Always, we got to give a shout out to Vegas World Inc. He is our super producer. You can find him on Instagram. You can find him on Twitter. Um, thank you all so much for listening, subscribing, and liking us on social media. Until next week, take care. Take care, y'all.